There is a powerful anointing in here right now. Okay? So I'm going to give you this closing word really quickly. We're going to give together and we're going to go home. And we're going to get ready for tonight. Tonight, I'll be laying hands and praying and prophesying. Because I sense that the Lord wants to discontinue some spirit. There is a spirit of disappointment that has been weaving itself through your life. And the Lord says he's about to snip that thread. So that when you step over into 2018, that the 2018 is going to be better. It's, going, it's not going to be a year of disappointment because your years of disappointment have been tied together with some hurts and some pains and some stuff you thought you would. Listen, there's some unmet expectations that have happened in your life. And the Lord said the expectation was nothing that I said anyway. So then there has been a trickle effect, a domino effect of disappointments in your life because you've been disappointed about some stuff that didn't happen. But he never said it was going to happen. And he says, I want to get that out of your life. Because this year coming is going to be a fantastic year. Why? Because now when we start looking at biblical numerology, um, uh, I shouldn't be here, but here I am. When we start looking at biblical numerology, 9 plus 9 is what? 18. 9 in biblical numerology is the number of deliverance. There's going to be a double deliverance in your life this year. If you came out of some stuff last year, you're going to come out of more stuff this year coming up the year coming up okay six times three is six is the number of man but three is the number of perfection and God says I'm about to perfect some stuff in you because oftentimes we want him to perfect our situation and he says the situation ain't the problem you are so you want the situation to change and he's looking at you and says I'm waiting on you to change so I want to perfect some stuff in you. And when you get perfected, then the year of perfection in me, the man, 18. So we're coming into a year where God is going to bring us out and grow us up. But we're going to have to let some stuff go. Some disappointments, some brokenheartedness, all that kind of stuff. We're going to let it go. We're praying for that stuff tonight. We're going to see what the Lord has to say about it. So I'm telling you, bring somebody. Bring somebody because tonight is going to be a stopping point and a starting point in your life. Y'all ready? Good. Open your Bibles this morning. Let's go back to our thing text for our series that we've been doing. Am I good? Okay. Luke chapter 2. Let me see if I can get this out really quickly. This was our, our thing text. I, I trust and pray that everybody had a good Christmas. And I uh, see you're still here. So it says to me that you had a good Christmas. You were able to uh, unwrap life one more time. And so uh, let's jump in right quick. Our theme text for this scripture says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Uh, this morning we're going to finish up our series entitled Joy to the World, and uh, it's a message here that the Lord has pressed into my heart. I think that our time together today is significant because it is not often, it doesn't happen every year that we get the chance to be together on the last day of the year. This is significant. Not only are we together as a, a corporate body, but we're worshiping together on the last day of the year. That's why I know that this year that we're stepping into is going to be significant. It's going to be better. It's going to be good. How do I know that? Because the way I start a thing is the way I'm going to finish a thing. And that says to me that if this is the year that I step into the new year on the actual day that we worship, that says to me, it's the principle of first mention that says that the way I start it is the way that I'm going to have to maintain it if it's going to end well. It's called the principle of first mention. 
The principle of first mention in theological uh, uh, thinking is wherever a thing is first mentioned, everywhere you encounter that thing again, it has to be in the same pattern. Are you with me? Are you with me? Do I need to say it again? You can say yes if I need to say it again. Say it again. Okay, the principle of first mention is whenever we start a thing or see a, a paradigm established in the text of Scripture, every time we see it again, it has to look like that first thing. Okay, the principle of first mention, the way it is initially established. So the way God is establishing 2018 for us is that we will actually be, actually be wor worshiping together. It's a worship day. It's not just a Monday and we come in on, on Monday night to have watch night. It is a whole day of worship. So what he's establishing here is that as our year goes, the hinge, the, the what, what do they call it? The, uh, the, what do they call it? The pin, the hinge pin, what do they call that? Vince, what, what, when you, uh, what do they call that? Is it called a hinge pin? Linchpin. Is that what it's called, a linchpin? Y'all heard of linchpin before? Am I making this stuff up? Well, somebody say yes. Is yes, linchpin? Till? What is it called? You know what I'm talking about? Whatever the screw is that hold the thing together, <laughs> today is it for you. You hear me? It is. It, <laughs> I can't believe y'all never heard of that. Okay, it, it's the, it is the, the thing that, what is it? It's a linchpin. I know I ain't crazy. Y'all need to read. Looking at me like, we well, ain't never heard that before. What? The linchpin is the thing that holds stuff together. Listen, and what is starting your year off is worship. And the linchpin that makes everything stay in line this year is worship. You hear me? Where it all starts this year for you is worship. We'll probably have more worship days in our Sunday uh, 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 lineup this year than we ever have. But we just worship because I believe that if the train is going to stay on the track with every car, there is a linchpin that keeps it all together. Y'all with me? Okay, goes. That, that's the word for the day. We on Sesame Street. Sesame Street, as it goes off, is the word of the day. Linchpin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, so let's jump in. So we have been talking about this whole joy piece, and, and in review, we said that uh, joy was available to everybody, okay? To everybody, this joy that the Savior brought into the world is available to everybody. We talked to you and said to you that this joy is not external, but it's internal. So if you hadn't been here, you could grab these notes really quick that this joy is internal. Jesus wants us to have this joy, internal, all right? The word joy means a calm delight, a calm delight. It means I can breathe when there's really not much air around me. I can breathe. It's a calm delight, all right? It, it, it brings about this calm delight brings about a sense of stability in your life is what joy does. Joy is not contingent upon your happenings. Joy is contingent upon your knowing and your resolve. Okay? Joy. 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 When you were a kid and you had to get into a fight, you understood that regardless of what they said to you or how they wolfed and walked up on you, what you knew was you could beat them. So nothing mattered. They could jump at you and all of that. It's just that my mama told me not to hit first. But I ain't stressed about it because I know if you hit me, then I am, I got free will to beat you down. And I know what's going to happen. So I don't flinch when you jump at me. I don't run because there's a calm delight in me waiting for the moment. <laughs> I got joy because I'm going to beat you down. I'm just waiting on you to hit first so I don't get suspended and mama don't beat me. <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. So then uh, we established that joy comes when we establish a relationship with the Lord Jesus and when we spend time in the presence of God. The last time we were together, I told you that joy takes on many shapes and forms, that we can use joy as a tool in our lives to help stabilize and nourish our lives, okay? I also talked to you about the fact that Jesus says that he wants to give us his joy, which is different from the joy that the world gives. 
The world gives a joy that tells you it's about what you have or what is happening. Really, the world says that joy is the same thing as happiness. And I'm telling you that it's not. Because you cannot be happy and still have joy. So that's when, you, that's when you're growing up. That's when you choose to find your anchor somewhere else. You hear me? And it's not in, as my wife would say, stuffing things. Okay? So um, I told you that Jesus wants us to have joy in five areas of our lives. In our character, in our relationships, in our work, in our health, and in our resources. Okay? He wants us to have it. And so as we, uh, as our preaching team uh, delivers the word of the Lord to you this year, we're going to be focusing on these five areas in life as we uh, strengthen us all in the word of God, because the Lord wants us to have joy in every area of our lives. So let me say to you that I see joy almost as, I, I see joy layered, okay? It's like a combo meal. When I was growing up, when, when, when Big Macs were real food, and they were like a dollar and 25 cents in the styrofoam, y'all remember they used to come in a little styrofoam container? And I mean, to have a Big Mac, boy, you was doing something. And this was before combo meals. Now, what is normal is a combo meal. So I see joy as a combo, okay? And what I'm finding is, the way they set up their prices, you kind of get the better deal when you buy the whole combo than you do just buying the one thing. You go to Chick-fil-A and just buy that sandwich, boy, they knock you over the head. So you might as well go on, throw the fries and the drink in. Light ice so I can get a little bit more drink. <laughs> but joy is like a combo meal. And so with joy comes peace, rest, safety, and contentment with joy comes peace, rest, safety, and contentment. What are you saying, Pastor? I am saying to you that joy is the anchor. And when we have joy as the anchor, everything else comes with it. Yeah, that could be a storm in your life, but although everything around you is acting crazy, when you have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, you then can rest because I know it's going to work out. I just don't know how it's going to work out. Can I be honest with y'all? That is some of the hardest processing that I have to do. Just giving you some uh, insight on my walk with Christ. The hardest processing is not knowing. Not knowing how. I got enough history with him to know he will. The thing that I don't get is how. And I want to know how because if I know how, I can see when you're almost about to do it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see. You're going to always do it through at, at the end of the storm. This is how you're going to always do it. Okay, it's raining. That means this is, almost, this is almost over for me. God says, no, I'm not even going to tell you how. Just know I'm going to do it. And one day you'll wake up and it's done. Yeah. You ever, have you ever had a headache and you ask him to deliver you or pray, ask you to heal, ask him to heal the headache, and you don't even know that the headache was gone? It's just hours later you realize I didn't take anything. It's just, it's gone. I didn't know how he was going to do it. Well, the way he did it was he sent somebody to step on your toe. And now the headache is gone because you had a brief encounter with a little more pain and pressure. Brief, but when it subsided, you realize headache's gone because you don't know how he was going to do it. He just did it. And that is sometimes for me the hardest thing. I don't know how you're going to do it. What I know is that you're going to do it because you're faithful. You're faithful to your promise. So this whole joy piece that that God wants to give to us. He, he gave me a text today that I want you to see. As we've been hanging this whole series on these, uh, this, these uh, shepherds in Luke, I, I like to look at it like this, that the angels came to the shepherds to tell the shepherds about the shepherd. They just didn't know that he was the good shepherd. And it's amazing to me how the angels came to talk to a group of shepherds about the good shepherd because then they'll be able to make this connection. So now, the Lord says to me today, when we start talking about joy, I want you to have joy in the whole of your life, 
Listen, because I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Now, we, we preach that and we sing those songs. We can do got a hit. I've come that you might have life more abundantly. We love that stuff. But, but what does that really mean? So let's look over John chapter 10. I'm going to read from the uh, message translation. The angels came and talked to the shepherds about the shepherd. And so at verse 6, it reads, Jesus told this simple story. You have to go back and start at, at verse 1 to get it all. Uh, Jesus told this simple story, but they had no idea what he was talking about. So he tried again. He goes, I'll be explicit then. I am the gate for the sheep. But the sheep didn't listen. I'm sorry, where am I? All those others, Jesus says, are up to no good. He says they're sheep stealers. And every one, he said every one of them. He says, but the sheep didn't listen to them. Why didn't they listen to them, Jesus? Them, Jesus? Because he says, I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me, listen to this, will be cared for. Will freely, freely go in and out. And find pasture. A thief is, the, uh, is only there to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. So now listen. As we talk about this whole joy piece, joy, I said to you the other day, happens when we have a, establish a relationship with Jesus and when we spend time in the presence of the Lord or in his presence of God. As you close out your year, um, God sent me today to give you a picture of how you should achieve and see this joy, okay? Jesus says, I am the gate. So in, in, in the book of John is where you see all of these I ams, okay? I am, you know, I am life. I, he is the water, John says. And in this particular one, we find out that he is the gate. Here's the picture and I'll be finished. When shepherds tend it to the sheep or tend the sheep in the fields, what they would do is they would stay for days on end out in the fields, really out in the mountains, really. Not in, not, this is not sheep at the house or on the range. This is when they're kind of moving sheep from one place to the next and they're out in the mountainous regions and they, they lay out there. See, the reason the shepherds in Luke we're watching the flock by night is because real shepherds are always on call. If I was doing a pastor's conference, I'd talk about that. I'd talk about the fact that real shepherds are always on call. That's why, I, that's why our pastors and elders, when they get something, even though I may be supposedly on a break, they still have to tell me because real shepherds are always on call. So the shepherds watched the sheep all night long. Well, whenever they would move the sheep and they were out in the fields or in the mountainous areas, here's what the shepherd would do. The shepherd would build or erect a wall, like a fence, around the sheep. But he would not put a door on it, which I thought was like dumb. I mean, I watched Bonanza. So I know that you really should put a door at the gate because the truth of it is many animals are so dumb that even though they could slide under it because they see something blocking them, they just stop. So a door is necessary. Even if there are gaps in the door, it's necessary. But the way these shepherds operated is that when they built a wall so that the sheep could not get out, 
they would not build a door because the shepherd said, no need to build a door because I will constantly lay down at this opening. And it was not so much for keeping the sheep in, but it was really about keeping the wolves out. And the shepherd says, I don't hang a door because I am the door. And I will lay in the opening and anything that, anything that tries to come and get my sheep has to cross over me first. Cross over, listen, my body. So Jesus here is foretelling some stuff. Not only am I the life, not, on, not only am I the living water, I am also the gate that I have built some protection around your life. But I am the one that lays at the door. And that if anything comes out or anything comes in, it's over my body. So, okay, Jesus, so, so then what, what are you saying? What are you saying and how does this relate to this whole joy piece? He says, look at it, put that text back up for me, Christina. He says, I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me, listen, will be cared for. Because I am the gate. When you come in through me, See, this is why you have to be careful with other teachings, doctrines, and religions that doesn't see Jesus as the gate. That doesn't see Jesus as, as the one who laid his body down. When he's just a good guy, there is no promise of safety. But when he is the gate, Jesus says, y'all can't come through me. If you don't come through me, there's no other way to get in because there's only one door. As a matter of fact, if you climb over the wall, you run the risk of getting killed because you are labeled then as a thief and a robber. <laughs> I love it. I love it because we like to teach Jesus is really passive. And, you know, we're all included and God loves everybody. Jesus said anybody that comes any other way is a thief and a robber. And in that day, thieves were locked up, hands cut off, or killed. Remember, Jesus was hung between two thieves. So Jesus is teaching here there's only one way to get in. But when you get in through me, I am going to take care of you. Here's what the Lord wants you to know. When it comes to this joy, when it comes to closing out this year, I'm going to take care of you because of how you've come in. I'm going to take care of you. Jesus, uh, uh, Peter writes, um, cast your care upon him for he cares for you. Listen, I don't care how hard your year has been. You're still here because he has taken care of you. See, we get it twisted because we watch all these reality shows. And so we feel like we're supposed to be wearing red bottom shoes. And that's when I'm living for real because I got on red bottom shoes. And, and I'm living for real because I got all this stuff around me and I'm driving high dollar cars. He never promised any of that. And many of them have their reward. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Listen, let me go and say this right now. I have given up a whole lot to serve the Lord. You hear me? And if all I get for is the car that I drive, then I'm going to stop serving him and go get me a nicer, richer car. Since, since this is all I get. You understand what I'm saying? If this is all I get, then I need better. Because right now, my car is slipping transmission. If this is my reward, I want another one. Jesus. He says, I want to care for you. Can I say this? Driving a nice car don't mean you're cared for. That just means you drive good. Living in a big house don't mean you're cared for, y'all. You hear me? Listen. 
Having a boo don't mean you cared for. That means you just got a boo. Jesus says, I want to care for you. I want to be the one at the, at the end of the day when you feel like, I just ain't going to be able to make this. I, I can't do this no more. I can't do this. I can't do this job thing no more. I can't do this school thing no more. I can't do this parenting thing no more. I can't do this marriage thing no more. He wants to be the one at the end of the night and the whisper in your ear and say, yes, you can. Simply because I'm here. Have I ever let anything happen to you? You've been in some pretty bad situations. But I've always been here for you. I care for you. And so this year, when you're understanding, as you're closing out this year, I want you to understand joy from the position of my life is surrounded because he has built a wall of protection around me. But I get to go and come because he cares for me. He is the door. And when he's the door, when I get ready to go out, he can say, hey, probably not the best thing for you to leave right now. So I'm going to let you lose your keys for about 30 minutes. So the danger that you don't see coming can pass you by. See, sometimes we don't know. We declare that my day is ruined. I lost 30 minutes this morning. Couldn't find my keys. This just messes up my whole day. And the door says, boy, if you only knew. Because you're cared for. Losing your keys was the best part of your day. Come on. That's when we got to grow up, man. We got to grow up because what we sometimes think <laughs> is a bad day. It's just the door getting stuck long enough to change an outcome in your favor. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> you put why won't this door open? <laughs> Jesus be on the, Jesus be like, Ugh. just give me a minute, would you? Ugh. Angels work it out. Ugh. They come back, Jesus, we got it. He be like, hey, have a good day. But you fussing all the way to work. Sick of this. They make me sick. Can't find my keys. I always touching something. Because he cares for you. You hear me? So the text says, you can put the text back up for me. The text says that uh, anybody go through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. Pasture. When I see pasture, it takes me to Another picture of Jesus. He is a shepherd king by the name David. Psalm 23. Let's read it and let's see what David helps us garner from this. Oh God, this is the Message Bible. My shepherd, watch this. I don't need a thing. Stop. What comes with joy is contentment. One of the hardest transitions that I believe that happens between being a child and being an adult is learning how to be content. That to me is one of the hardest transitions in life. And I said it that way because you can still be a 45 year old child because you always feel like you got to have something. I felt like this year, Mondo, I felt like we, we hit a wall with these boys. Christmas. It's kind of like, what, what, what y'all going to get? I mean, you're at this age where toys shouldn't be the, you know, we should be like phasing out. But because the generation of parents say stuff like, I want my kids to have more than what I had. You sure about that? Because now I had Atari when it was just, what they call it, blip, boop, boop, pong, boop. Between my cousin and I, we had ColecoVision. 
when Coleco came out? Y'all remember Coleco? We had, uh, then after I got, we had the, the first Nintendo. I tell my kids all the time, I'm good at gaming because gaming was born with me already existing. So I'm what's called a native. So we, when the first Nintendo came out with the square things, we slept with it every night. Double dribble. Y'all remember double, any, any double dribble players in here? Shh, buddy. I had a Sega Dreamcast when I was in college. So, so then the question is, I want my kids to have more than what I had. Sometimes I have to tell myself, Tim, you were not a welfare kid. So if your kids gonna have more than what you had, what you get ready to buy them a car at 10? I mean, you'd hit the wall, dude. And so people from my generation hit the wall early because we were never content. We always wanted the, 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 the next thing. And so now we're raising kids that want the next thing, the latest and the greatest, the hottest. And so the, the, the hard part is becoming mature and being content. The hardest Christmas I've ever had was after I got married and we didn't exchange gifts. I think I was depressed for two days. Who has Christmas and gets nothing? Adults. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. <laughs> There's a thousand games of Toys R Us that I can play with. I, I need to have them. I made an order for some special toys this year that I didn't get. Because I just want something different. But then I started realizing, Tim, you get toys all year. When do you get to the place of contentment? Real joy leads you to contentment. Can you sit down and just be content? Or do you always have to have something in your hand? Do you always have to have the TV on because you don't like talking to yourself? Worst time growing up is when it was thundering and lightning outside for me because my daddy made us turn everything on. Y'all sit down, be still. The Lord's doing his business. <laughs> what? So you're just sitting there. Listen, our kids would have a nervous breakdown if we did that to them. <laughs> our kids couldn't handle it. This, this generation could not handle it. They would just be, mas just be mashing their phone, phone dead, just because they just got to be doing something. Phone ain't even on no more. It's battery gone. Come on. Y'all know I'm the truth. Yeah, listen, the adults, when your lights go off now, you go to the car to charge your phone. Can't get no talk. Well, that's all the phone. That's all the phone I got. No, now you still got that landline. You still got that landline that ain't a, a, a you, everybody should have one phone in their house that ain't a, a, a wireless, a cordless phone. Can't get no talk in this house. Why? Because we just not gotten content. However, or we're no longer content. However, when we have the joy that the Lord brings, we get to the place that says, God is my shepherd. I don't need nothing but him. Amen. My challenge with you going forward this year is that you find another place of contentment so that joy can really have its place in your life. It's hard because the world around us tells us you need more. Commercials, you got to have more. TV shows, you got to have more. Come on, TV shows, these reality TV shows now, do you understand that these networks save so much money? Because they just go into people's lives. We ain't writing no script. We just loosely have a little square that I want you to kind of stay in, and people love it. So now we're watching shows that tell us how we should live, and you should be rich, the housewives. This is, this is like a movement now. We've got to get to the place of contentment that the Lord becomes our shepherd. He's the one at the door. He is the sheep gate. And we don't want anything. Go to, next, go to verse 2. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I don't want for anything. He, you, have bedded me down in lush meadows. This is how the Lord is going to take care of you this year. And I will tell you that this does not have a financial price tag, but this has a sacrificial life price tag. That he takes me to a place where I can drink, I can get nourished, I can get refreshed in quiet moments. Quiet moments. I'm learning to like them a little bit better. Quiet moments. That's how I know I'm getting old. Because <laughs> I'm all right with quiet. You know? I like noise-canceling apps on my phone because it makes even the noisiest moments quiet. My wife says, how you get work done at Starbucks? They so loud, music everywhere. I got a noise-cancellation app. I put it on airplane, put my earbuds in, and all I hear is, I can hear God all day. Because quiet moments work for me. Because I realize now that the meat and the benefit of my life comes from quiet moments. I want to try to teach my kids how to do that. I just don't think they would survive. We'd be in the ER. Remember how we used to play the quiet game? Who even who invented the quiet game? They should get paid. Your mama, your mama. <laughs> your mama. All right, we're playing the quiet game. And you know as kids you couldn't do it. Because after a few minutes of quiet, it becomes. <laughs> and then because you had to say, no, I didn't make a sound, and you lost. My cousin and I would be in the back seat just snickering. My dad, because we knew he was going to say, oh, that's snickering. We snickering because we couldn't be quiet. But I long for quiet moments right now. And this is the year that your replenishment is going to come from your quiet moments. Go to verse 3, please. He says, true to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Hear me clearly. It is the shepherd that knows how to make you stop even when you don't know that it's time to stop. See, real joy is having faith and trust in a shepherd who knows how to shut it down when you don't know how to shut it down. My pastor said to me, he said, Tim, I, don't, I can't tell you how to grow a church. He said, but what I can tell you to do is how to do ministry well. And he says, if you're going to do ministry well, then you have to live well. And living well starts with having time to break. The good shepherd says, you need to learn how to take a break. Joy comes in when you can sit down and not do nothing. Come on, do anybody in the room feel guilty when you're sitting down, feel like I should be doing so-and-so? I ain't doing it. <laughs> you said to you, <laughs> so they say, mm-mm, I don't feel like that at all. Some of us are so used to moving, though, that sometimes when I say to myself, Tim, you're not going to do nothing, it don't work. Because in my head, I feel like, well, you know, you should be getting, at least getting ready for that sermon, at least read over you know, read over the text before you start writing. Read this, read some background, read this, read that. If you're going to be a good uh, entrepreneur, you need to be reading this. If you're going to be a great CEO, you need to be reading this. And sometimes the Holy Ghost says, I don't want you to read nothing. I just want you to sit down and do nothing. Because when the shepherd speaks and brings you to a place of doing nothing, contentment comes in. But oftentimes we're so busy, we tell the shepherd, don't bother me right now, I'm working. And you wonder why you can't find joy in life? It's because what comes with joy is rest, peace, contentment, safety. And when you reject some of them, you start loosening the anchor of joy in your life. And the shepherd wants to bring you to a place where you chill out. Mom, dad. They can't play every sport because it keeps you running. 
and then their life starts building up on that, thinking that life is always moving. Can't get no talking here. I'm looking at this guy, so I don't want nobody to think, oh, he's talking to me, he talking to me, I ain't talking to nobody. I'm just saying what the Lord prompts me to say. Sometimes you got to teach them that this season we're resting. Can't go to every movie. I didn't understand my mom and dad. I thought they was like child abuse when they would tell me, you can't go to the mall this weekend. You went last weekend. You ain't going to go to the mall every weekend. Why? What else we doing? Sometimes my mom and them would say, you just going to stay home and sit down. Why? What have I done? This is just the worst ever. Because mama was trying to teach me contentment. Mama was trying to teach me that you don't always have, I have worked a lot and bought you a lot. And so sometimes the stuff that I bought you gets boring to you. And now you want to pull on me to keep entertaining you. Oh, y'all, come on. It's rough, huh? It's a rough one. It's rough. And so then we buy babysitters. iPhone, Nintendo, Switch. Xbox, we buy babysitters. But after a while, the babysitter don't mind breaking down. I got more babysitters in my closet right now that don't work. That I'm thinking about taking to the babysitter shop. So I can at least sell and get some money back on my buying the babysitters. But then after a while, the kids will be like, okay, I got enough. I need something else. So we go from what's on the TV to what's in my hand. And when what's in my hand ain't enough, can you take me to the mall, take me to the movies? We got to get to the place that we're going to have some sit-down time. Just chill. Just chill out. Let's, hey, how you doing? How are you? How are things? Ask about Mookie and Ray Ray. How Mookie and them doing? Because the shepherd wants to bring us to a place of reprieve, uh, repose is the word I'm looking for. He says here, you, true to your word, you let me catch my breath. Do you know what that means, Christians? That means that the God that you serve allows you to take breaks. The God that you serve don't run you 24-7. Come on, that's why, that's, listen. We probably don't do enough church at Christ in the church because I've served so many churches that have church 24-7. And I'm like, surely God can't be pleased with this. After all, he did seven days, six days and chilled out. When do we create and chill? We got a conference. We got meetings. We got regular church. Oh, the Lord told me that we need to have revival. Amen. What Lord? The Lord I know chilled after six. When do I chill? And I'm not talking about our just Sundays. I'm just talking about the push, 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 the go, go, go. And here, listen, here's what we do, though. We go, go, go in our lives, and then when it comes to worship time, we tire and we don't go. That tells me that you don't know the shepherd. Oh, I've been running all week with these children. I'm going to go take my Sunday. What? Who? Huh? Who makes you, what makes you think that it's yours? But then you want to take your Sunday, but with them same knucklehead kids start cutting up, you want to go and talk to Jesus about it. Suppose Jesus said, no, I'm going to take my day. You're on your own. I mean, after all, you took yours. Yeah. Okay. All right, you let me breathe. Then you send me in the right direction. Keep going. Four. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, here's what real joy is, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. Listen, listen. You know what that really means? That means that when I'm in a bad spot, I'm good because you 
are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me, is what it says in the King James Version. Right here, what he's trying to give you is this, that the crook of the shepherd, it's like this. And the reason he has it is because sometimes the shepherd or the sheep get off the path. And what David is saying is, when the tendency inside of me is to go astray, your staff is made in such a way that you don't even have to move from your spot, you pull me back in. Listen, oftentimes God uses your pastor as the shepherd's crook. So you don't like me. You love God. But you don't like me because I have to be the crook. I got to be the one that said, come here. I got to be the one that says, no. And while you love it on God, God, I love you. But you don't pastor make me sick. <laughs> Just know it is him that's using the crook to pull you back in. When I tell you you're making a bad decision. When I say to you, you need to rethink that. When I say to you, you need to come to church. I'm being the shepherd's crook. And the proper, the proper response is for you to feel secure. Listen, listen, y'all. It amazes me. I'm going to be real honest. I have pastored people in the past, and I know people who have grown up in the apostolic church. And the apostolic church was so hard sometimes and, and so uh, dogmatic that it creates a way of being in the world. And I've had former members say to me, you're not hard enough, Pastor. You, you're not hard enough because, you know, you, you should have been getting on me about doing so and so and so. But you didn't say nothing. I said, what? What? I said, what I never not do is say what the Lord tells me to say. But because you've been conditioned that you want me to pull you in the office and browbeat you. Well, I ain't that guy. I ain't that guy. But from up here, I'm the crook. I'm the shepherd's crook that will pull you back. And what you would rather is that I be the shepherd's crook up here than to being a real crook in the office. Because that, that means I'm used by God. And I don't ever want to be the crook that's not used by God because that makes me a crook. But if I'm a crook that's used by God, then I'm a shepherd's crook. Other than that, I'm a crook. Look how y'all looking at me. Yeah, I know your last, your last church, your pastor was a crook, but wasn't the shepherd's crook. I don't have no problem saying that, because listen, what I do not do, I don't steal. You hear that? I don't, I, listen, there are moments in the service that the church boy in me knows how to milk it. I'm a church boy. And I know when some of y'all are at a place that if I was a crook, I could stop right there and take an offering and we double it. And that's why when I get those moments where he said, hey, right now, and I'm like, okay, Lord, for real? Is this really right now or is this just me? Because I know them, they crying and I could be like, yeah, the Lord said. And, hey, yo, I'm telling you the truth. I just don't roll like that. I've gotten in a lot of trouble like that too. Holy Ghost sitting there, see? I told you. But you, I say, yeah, but Lord, Tim, let me run this. Be the crook in my hand. Because when you don't do what I tell you, you're still a crook. Because sometimes you're worried about what they think of you, and you're not worried about what I think of you. So just be in my hand. They'll, they know me. They know when it's you, and they know when it's me. Okay, Lord, I'll just be a crook in your hands so I won't be a crook. And so what the Lord is saying is that he wants to be able to grab you and bring you back in as he is that shepherd. The text goes on to say that in the most convenient moments, the Lord lets you floss. You know, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, the new saying is on fleek or you flossing, which means you, uh, let me see, some of y'all older 90s heads, Biz Marquis said, anybody know Biz Marquis? Biz Marquis said, the vape, they catch the vapors. 
go, go next. Go next. Watch this. They, my boy's going to be like, what is the vapors? I'm going to have to let them hear the vapors. Listen. I love God because he gives you a balanced life. He lets you rest. He corrects you when you need to in the hard moments of life, the valley of the shadow of death, hard moments of life. And God himself will let people in your life catch the vapors. Look at what it says. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. If that ain't catching the vapors, I don't know what is. That's catching the vapors right there. And when God does it, come on. If I did it, I'd cook a one-course meal in front of my enemies. When God does it, he says, no, 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 no. I'm giving you a six-course. What exactly is a six-course meal? That's the appetizer, the salad course, the full-fledged dinner, the dessert course, cheese, the cheese course to, to, to get your palate, and then what? I don't know. What? Oh, a soup. Okay, we, so, who knows? That God does the most. But when you let him be the shepherd of your life, joy comes in, and he gives it all to you at the right time. You ain't never got to floss on nobody. And I say you ain't never. You ain't never got to floss on anybody because God will let you floss at the right time. Got to wait till you get to the 25th class reunion. You've been struggling all these years, but it'd be that last year, he, promotion. <laughs> you, you, out of nowhere, you done lost weight, didn't even know you were skinny. You just want clothes. What happened? <laughs> the right boo come along, and next thing you know, you had the 25th year class reunion, all them sucker MCs, I'm going all the way back. All the sucker MCs who said you wasn't going to have it. God says, now you got it when I'm the shepherd of your life. Y'all getting me? Let me finish this up. Listen, here's the bottom line. Boy, I done went from the 90s to the 80s. Jesus, this is a flashback year, a flashback day, all in one, in one day. Listen, God says this. Let me build a wall around you to secure you. Let me be the door. And when I lay my life down in front of the wall that I have built around you, you're going to have everything you need. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure you have what you need at the right times. 